All right, hey, this is Brett Myers, and you're listening to this shitty podcast. It's supposed to be about we know something, but I don't think they know shit. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Brett, you're the man. Dude, thank you is so much. Is that good enough? That's awesome. Perfect. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 188 of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matora. Let's get into it, brother. If you're new to the show, this is where we recap all of the week's nerdy news, even on like weeks where there's some big stories, but not like a metric ton of stuff. We always find a way to, to get a lot of time out of the show. Yeah, so but it's good to have a nice little more compact show where it doesn't have to be 17 hours. I, what we what we'll caveat this episode with is there aren't like six billion stories like we often have, but the stories that are out there are pretty massive. So it's still going to yeah. be a really meaty meaty episode. Yeah, especially in the movie department. This episode will be so beefy that Vince McMahon would fucking love it. He loves the, nah. he loves the beef. He loves I, I don't know. He's pretty freaking picky, man. <laughs> All he's, right. he's tough. We got we got our picks of the week to lead it off. We got trivia five for me, four and a half for Sam, and our race to 11 win by two. The movies are taking back over as the top spot of the show, even though in gaming there were some pretty massive announcements. But that'll come after the television section, which will come after t- uh, movies. Then we'll finish off with one story in music before Sam's CGC spotlight of the week, and then we will get on out of here. Our top three is going to be in the movie section tonight. Uh, it'll have something to do with director's cuts. <laughs> Looking forward to that. There's a, some big news out of DC, uh, the film universe that we're really going to talk about. I'm excited there. Staying in DC for television, we're both going to give our impressions. Sam talked about it a little bit. Uh, I believe it was last week or the week before of his impressions of a new DC show. I am up to date through the first two episodes, and I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, we have some reviews in gaming along with the potential unveiling of the PS5. And one of our favorite friends of the pod and the person who does our outro music is dropping a new single. All that and a lot more. So let's kick it off with our picks of the week. And right now, I believe it's probably my top three for the movie of the year. It's Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. It's the 15th film in the DC animated movies. And I I just was not expecting this story to, I guess, hit this hard. Mm. Dude, it, in 15 movies, I believe it fully pays off what what they were trying to do. They, they tell this crazy story that basically Superman finds out that Darkseid's setting up an army to attack Earth. So he said... Screw that. We're going to him. So basically, they based it off Zack Snyder, off his trilogy of the Justice League. And then obviously that didn't happen. So they tweaked it, did it, basically did that. And it's just an absolute mad. Like it, it gets you right from the beginning. It's like an hour and a half. You know, John Constantine, you know, Etrigan the Demon was great. Killer Shark had me cracking up. Greg literally belly laughing. <laughs> Um, you know, Rain Wilson stole Lex Luthor, which, you know, you know how I feel about that. But Ray Chase, who played Etrigan in the Demon, who I thought was excellent. Tony Todd is dark side. And don't forget, during the movie, if you have it on Blu-ray, you have the DC short, Adam Strange. There you go, Mike and Nurture Boy. This movie, hands down, one of their best, I think it's in my top three of their best films that they ever made DC animated. It, it's that freaking good. So, Greg, if you, I know you didn't watch all 15 in this storyline, but you have an hour and a half justice league dark apocalypse war 
it's so fitting that you say it's an hour and a half. In the last two days, I've watched four movies. Three of them are an hour and a half. One of them is two hours and two minutes. So uh, I'm, I'm right in that 90-minute wheelhouse right now. Like, we were watching a show last night, and I turned it off, and I looked over. I said, hey, I think I'm in a movie mood. And she was like, I'm not. Peace out. And went to bed. So I watched two movies. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's great. Like, no, but dude, you're right. You have to be in kind of a movie mood. And I was and, – and just – if you watch this, just prepare yourself because yeah. this – and madness uh it's it's also funny because like sometimes you're just in the mood for a beginning middle and end and you don't want like cliffhangers or like a stopping point and that's what i was just in the mood for so out of the four movies i watched two of them have made my list for pick of the week and both of them as it stands are on my list for movie of the year the other two yeah the other two unfortunately are coffee and kareem and the lovebirds um, coffee and cream was just dog shit and the lovebirds was pretty decent. It won't make my list, but a pretty decent comedy. If you're looking to spell 90 minutes on Netflix, but my pick of the week, yeah. I'm gonna, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say before you said that you text me like, you know, you recommended coffee and cream. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Coffee and cream. Like, was it you? Was it you? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking I about. I still have <laughs> no idea. I didn't go through my text to figure out who actually recommended it, but if it's a movie, I just figure it's you. Plus, I have no friends. So it's like usually the conclusion is you, Ryan, Tom. Uh, that's really all I'm at. Um, but yeah, coffee, coffee and cream was was a waste of time. Ed Helms I like a lot. But the Lovebirds, if you're looking – I think you would like it. Uh, if you're looking to just kind of waste 90 but like not a total waste, it was pretty decent. It was a little predictable but pretty decent. Um, but I will say that the two movies that I watched are going to be my pick of the week for the next two weeks. I'm going to start with the first one, the one that I really love, the one that's probably um, higher on the list of top three for the year. And it's a Hulu original. Now it was picked up by Hulu. Uh, it premiered at the Sundance in 2019, but it didn't hit major until 2020. So it's technically counts as a 2020 release. And that is uh, Pete Davidson's Big Time Adolescence. Yeah, that, that the trailer looked good. I believe yeah. I said that on the podcast. It, it's it's really really good. Um, yeah. I, I I won't I say it's good to hear. Yeah, I, I won't say it's one of those movies that like changed my life. <laughs> like I often get very attached to things. Uh, I won't say it's one of those movies that's going to stick with me forever. But it, in ninety minutes, it told a really really good story and one hundred percent flipped my entire perception on Pete Davidson. Oh, that, that's good to hear because, you know, he, he gets a bad rap, but I hear he's actually a really nice guy. And he dude, he crushed it in this movie. And I think his name is Griffin Glick or Gluck. He is the other main actor. The story is actually revolving around him, too. And uh, he's actually the the other main character in American Vandal, one of my favorite TV shows. So he's one of the two documentary oh, cool. filmmakers. Oh, that's awesome. So it was a cast that I could get, uh, you know, get with David Cryer or John Cryer. Um, is in it as well. So good cast. Oh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly is in it. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah, he, he's acting now. He plays like a friend, so he's like definitely a supporting side. role. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. it's really, really good. Um, it's a really good coming of age story. Without giving spoilers away, the premise is uh, Griffin Glick's character is his name is Mo. He is 16 years old. His older sister is dating this guy named Zeke. Zeke is played by Pete Davidson. They're dating when they break up. Uh, because they were really friendly when they were going out, they just kind of continue their friendship. So it's about a 16-year-old boy who's very impressionable, who has no friends, who befriends a 23-year-old stoner dropout. 
and like that evolution of what you're kind okay, of I gotcha. through your teenage years. So it's a really good coming of age film, really good like high school reminder. What I really liked is it took high school seriously. There are some things where you got to suspend a little bit of disbelief, but I would believe 90% of the shit that, that happened in this movie, the ending was really, really satisfying. And it overall left me feeling really, really, uh, what's the word? Like satiated. I was really, really happy with it. Okay. Wow. Look at you. Good vocab work. It has me really looking forward to King of Staten Island. Uh, the other Pete Davidson yeah. film coming out, yep. Bill Burr. That also looks good. Bill Burr, Steve Buscemi, Marissa Tomei. It's coming out on June, I think, 12th or 16th on Video On Demand. Um, HBO is running a first look of it soon, so I'm hoping it drops there really quick because I'd love to watch this movie as soon as I can, as soon as it comes out, about a firefighter. Um, yeah, that, it, it looks funny. So, and, and Bill Burr looks really good as the uh, stepdad. So, Yeah, with the mustache? Yeah, dude, he suplexes him into a pool. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, he, he's the man. <laughs> so, yeah, really, really can't recommend big-time adolescence enough uh, and also Justice League Apocalypse War the animated DC film to kind of wrap up the DC animated films for now, at least that storyline. So pretty good, solid picks of the week and some movies. You get, if you got three hours, you can knock out both of our picks of the week. Oh, and, and I think these two are actually like at every, like in the last four or five weeks, these are like the best ones we've had. Sam, I'm going to kick it to you this time for trivia. It is five for me, four and a half for you on our race to 11 win by two. Okay, here we go. Shang Chi is the master of what? Um, he's the Marvel character, right? Yes, he is. Uh, they're coming out with a movie with him. I think it's Lightning. Um, or maybe that's not even a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? That, that's Raiden. I know that. At uh, least you know he's Marvel. So uh, yeah, I know that. I know the movie's coming next year. Hopefully, we don't. We don't really know. Um, I mean, at this time, he is. The master of what? Am I like supposed to know this? Like, is it is it like an element or is it like a type of martial arts? Is it? I would say I would say martial arts. Oh that, that's, shit! That's the hint I give you. Uh, he's Asian. I could go very stereotypical, or I could try to be. I'm just gonna put. Don't don't. This is not my answer. Okay, I'm gonna put kung fu out there, um, or karate. I'm really well. He wouldn't be just karate. Martial art. Wait, master of something, right? Yes. So he's either it's kung fu or martial arts. Now, Shang-Chi, well, at least in my head it is. Shang-Chi, do they go like Mulan, like American Asian, like Disney style, or do they go full on? Shang-Chi was created before the Disney acquisition. So I think they're going to be a little bit more, they're going to be a little bit more closer to the source material. I'm going Kung Fu, final answer. Correct, sir. Yeah. I I said lightning. I I thought this was just a lob up, and and you just dug in. I was like, okay, he'll figure it out. I I was going to say lightning. Remember that. So I will say this. How about because you gave me um, the not an element, you gave me that thing. I'll just take a half a point. No, no, no. You can take a full. You got it. You didn't ask for nothing. I did. I said is an element or is it a style of martial arts? You flat out. Yeah, but that's just a hint. You're fine. Take the full point. I would have said I would have said lightning, though. So no, but lightning wasn't an answer. (laughs) Trust me, it was all martial arts all the way. There was no trick to it. Are you sure you want me to take the full? No, 100 percent. All right, cool. Um, All right. So it's six for me, four and a half for you. You can stay within a half point if you get this correct. What is the name of the main villain of Bad Boys 2? The villain of Bad Boys 2. The villain of Bad Boys 2. Uh huh. The main villain in Bad Boys Two. I have no idea. Well, give me names. Is it Armando Aritas, 
Is it Floyd Potit? Is it Eddie Dominguez? Or is it Johnny Tapia? What was that? Armando Aritas. Let's go with that. Incorrect. It is Johnny Tapia. Johnny Tapia, the Russian Grim Reaper, is here. You know, Tapia. yeah, Johnny Tapia. It's been a while since I've seen two. Yeah, um, actually, Armando Aritas is the villain in Bad Boys for Life. I won't, I won't give away, I won't give away spoilers of that ending, but yeah, which I almost said at the beginning. I thought you were going to say who is his. Nah. I was like, oh, he's talking about two, not three. <laughs> right, right, right. And just to give you a hint, the other movie I really liked was Bad Boys for Life. I was going to go with that as my pick of the week up until Big Time Adolescence. I watched that right afterwards. So okay. Bad Boys was really good. I really, really, really liked it. So be on the lookout for that as a pick of the week soon, my friends. It was really freaking good. Um, especially uh, because of fucking Reggie. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right so it is six for me four and a half for sam i'm regaining my lead thank you goodness i blew a three-point lead very early on we were tied up at one point i've gotten two weeks in a row now and i feel better about myself um so yeah, you can probably take this one home brother i hope so but you know what i've blown leads bigger than this before it's only a point and a half that's two weeks you can be back in the lead my friend two weeks sure. just sure. throw me two comic book questions and i'm fucking out Although I guess uh, this week was coming. I mean, I just I just threw you a a wild by thing. Yeah, I guess that's right. I guess I, you did just throw me a comic book question. I, if if guess what though, if Shang Chi wasn't a movie that we actually reported on on this show and talked about, I well, would, I would have never I would have never asked about it. And and plus, well, at the same time, you can, you know, I ask you about shit like Mario. No, but like you, if, I'm not gonna ask about a character that you have no idea exists. But I know you know there's a movie coming. I just figured, all right, he'll know it's Marvel. He should be. I I will I will put an I will Barry Bonds it and I will put an asterisk next to this win if it does happen. If it's more than a half a point, you said I'm Barry Bonds. If it's, if it's if it's more than a half a point, I won't. But if I sneak, oh no, we have to win by two. So if it's Roger two and Maris a half, still the number one for me. If it's two and a half, I will asterisk it because of this whole you gave me the uh, martial arts, not the element thing. So oh, we're fine. I'm not worried about it. Let's move into the movie section, Sam, and we got a couple big stories, and then our top three for the evening. And the first big story actually happened just 24 hours ago because uh, we are recording this on. Thursday, May 28th, a little earlier than normal. We got started at 6.45, thank you, as opposed to 7.30. So really appreciate you on that one. But Henry Cavill, contrary to the reports in 2018 where uh, we thought he was done in the role of Superman, we actually had probably a 30-minute discussion about that on this very podcast. Uh, That apparently was a false report now that the uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is trickling out. We're getting a little bit more faith restored in the original actors. And Henry Cavill is back as Superman, reportedly. But it's pretty good because I believe Henry said it himself in the DC film franchise. It's just so good to hear. Like That that was like to me the worst part of all the DC movies was just Henry not playing Superman. Because I I don't know who else can fill that role right now. Especially with freaking the rock talking about how he would love to see black adam face superman and we all know the rock's a a big feller and you know henry's a big a pretty big dude i I think that'd be an awesome fight scene and i think that's only a matter of time and to me his exact quote is the cape is still in the closet he said it's still mine i'm not going to sit quietly in the dark while all this stuff's going on i've not given up the role there's a lot i have to give for superman yet a lot of storytelling i have to do True depths to honesty of the character I want to get into. I want to reflect the comic books. That's important to me. There's a lot of justice to be done for Superman. The status is you'll see. So to me, 
okay, let's go. I'll, I'll wait patiently. As long as I know he's still coming back, I'm good. I'm just bummed that it's not Aaron Paul. Just bummed. Please, come on. You, you know he ain't nothing. <laughs> but the, whoa, the, only thing they have, the only thing they have to do is just get a, a new Lex Luthor, and I think they're back on track. I think this is where you introduce Brainiac or, or Lobo or, or someone like that. Speak of the devil, John Cryer from Big Time Adolescence plays uh, Lex Luthor in the DC uh, TV universe. Yep, he, on, on uh, Supergirl. C- on CW. Yeah, and, uh, he was in The Flash. He made a cameo too, or at least it said so on IMDb. I don't, no, I don't no, know. He, he, he was. He actually saw uh, Tom Welling's character from Smallville. So awesome. while this news isn't like as – I won't call it sexy because it's better news than if there was a new Superman. It's not like as chattable or talkaboutable. I made that up as if we casted a new Superman because then you can like think about the new guy in the role, kind of like Pattinson. Um, but what this is, is really, really reassuring for the DC franchise and for, I'm sorry, for all the DC movie franchises. And we're going to see him in other films. So I'll kind of hand it to you to talk about, you know, some potential other films he could show up in and just the future of the man of steel himself. Yeah. Like I know what, what's his name? Um, um, Aquaman, Jason Momoa, J- J- Jason Momoa. I know he's been saying he would love, he's been trying to get Henry to come back as Superman for Aquaman too. Obviously there's, there's black Adam, which is a good chance. There's Shazam too, which to me makes a lot of sense. He probably won't show up in, in 1984 though. That's probably too, way too. Yeah. yeah like I, I would say like no, no shot for wonder woman, no shot for suicide squad. The Batman, I think too early. I think you still want to give that time after, you know, Zach and you know we're still getting at 2021 but that that's different but like I'm just glad he's still in the role and it looks like we got a lot more story to tell and kind of get back in the roots now I have here in the rundown that deadline and I just checked it before the show to make sure that they didn't take it down and deadline is reporting that there will be no Man of Steel 2 um, or uh, or Superman solo film at this time um, I will say at this time and Warner brothers apparently has no plans, but that could very easily change. Oh, oh like I, I think they probably made up the Supergirl stuff. Maybe, maybe just to kind of threaten him or kind of force his hand, you know, maybe it was just money disputes or some kind of crap, but you know, he obviously came back because there's no Supergirl movie. I still haven't heard nothing. There's still the TV show. You know, they just announced a, uh, you know, Superman show on TW. So, you know, there, there's room to have two Supermans. I, I didn't ask you this before the show, so I apologize for dropping it on you. But how much do you think the success of the Justice League Snyder film or the Zack Snyder's, Zack Snyder's Justice League, how much of that success do you think plays a role in a potential Superman solo film in the future? I mean, I think it's huge. I mean, I don't think that there's, without a doubt, like everyone loves Henry as Superman. Like, I don't really hear anything bad. Like, you know, you may hear something about him, what he did with Zod, but I think for the, the you know, the the moment in time, like, I, I think he made the right decision. Obviously, some people may, may disagree, but I, I think he's perfect for the role. And, and, and definitely the, the Snyder cut the following. All the tweets that probably drove that company crazy. They were probably like, "Please release this, Jesus! We're getting enough, you know, emails." So, like, I think it's a great move. Now, uh, before we move on to the next story, is there anything else you kind of wanted to add to any color the, to this that you wanted to add to it before we move on? I, I just know Henry's going to be busy with The Witcher, and if he gets all these super, like he, all he has to do for the rest of his life is be Superman in The Witcher. You're in draw. You're good. 
<laughs> that's that's like, not... like there's your career. Like you don't need that more. Uh, the, you need you're good. Wasn't he the villain in Mission Impossible? He, he wasn't. He was fantastic. Well, he he won't be in the sequels. I I promise you that. But <laughs> he was fantastic. That's funny. Uh, there will be. This is a two two way story here. Two sided story for the Zack Snyder's Justice League. First and foremost. Uh, the HBO boss, I can't recall his name, came out and did an interview and he said, I wish it was only $30 million that we were giving Zack Snyder for this. So we originally reported $20 million. Now that budget could reportedly be over $30 million for the, for the Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. And to kind of caveat off that, there will reportedly be no reshoots involving the cast of the Justice League. Um, I do have the quote, but while I'm pulling up that quote about the reshoots, what do you think about this now $30 million, maybe even more? No, I, I can already see it being more just because, again, remember, Zack Snyder, he planned for a trilogy. He's going to try to get his vision in one movie because this could be his only shot. You know, Maybe he comes back, Man of Steel 2, who the hell knows, but this could be his last shot you know, as director, so... All right, so I have I have the quote on the wrap up podcast. Uh, it's from the Rap. Uh, the Raps reporter Umberto Gonzalez uh, is quoted as following: "There's not going to be any reshoots of any kind with any actors. It's just additional dialogue. Uh, here's something that hasn't been reported yet: Zack Snyder did want to shoot and he wanted to do additional photography, but HBO Max said no. That's not happening." We'll give you money for post-production, special effects, scoring, and even ADR, but no reshoots of any kind on this movie. Now, I just love that Zach wanted to shoot shoot again. Like to me, that that just awesome. Like I would have loved to see everyone you know back in the suits. But okay, so that means obviously he planned for a trilogy. He's got one shot at it. He's going to try to change the story a little bit now. So it would probably cost a little bit more. So hopefully that means we get a little bit more dark side because if you're going to see dark side, it's not going to be cheap. I wasn't, promise you that. Wasn't there that awesome like photo that Zach actually posted or something like that of Darkseed? Oh, oh yeah, it's Darkseid. Dark my bad, it's spelled so weird. It, it is, but it's even Jack Kirby pronounced it Darkseid. I looked that up today. I, I wanted to be sure. I was like, Bob God, please don't be Darkseid. That would suck. Yeah, it's weird. I just fucked that up. That's my bad. But what about that photo? I thought the photo looked badass. Like, so hopefully that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I hope we get, like, if this, like, I want you to see Justice League Dark Apocalypse or just so you, you get a taste of Dark Side. But he wouldn't put that photo out for the public if there wasn't going to be more to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I believe that photo was already out, but, like, just to see it coming from Zach, like, like, like he's coming, like, that, it, 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 he, now he just, he knows what he's doing. He's building everyone up, like, which is exactly what a certain someone else is doing. Which we'll get to later. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, we're just going to get to it now because, you know, listen, we, we already talked about what the $20 million could be spent on. And we already know now that there's not going to be any reshoots, at least reportedly. So it's the same thing. We said it. Score, ADR, and special effects. It's all post-production stuff. They're just going to give them more money to do that to make it look even better to get the actors. You can do voice acting from home if you have a good enough setup. I mean – our audio quality is just professional. So, yeah, yeah, of course. you know, even we could do it here if we wanted to. So at the same time, I'm, I'm happy that Zach's going to have a little bit more wiggle room because that's only going to lend, you know, positive yeah. vibes. to this So in, in retrospect, the budget is probably 30 to 60 million dollars. Like just from here, if he said it was like, if, I wish it was 30. Like, OK, that's like, so I, I just double the price, like 30 to 60 now. Because, you know, like, again, you're, if you want to sell a, a four hour epic. And if we're going to get more dark side, his armies, that's going to be more CGI, more money. Very, very aggressive. Very well, like, aggressive. Like, if this is his last shot, do it. Go out with a bang. Like, 
Oh man, I'm I'm ready for this. All of this talk has gotten everybody really excited for this Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it's gotten a lot of speculation out there. And I even texted you before I even saw any of the hashtags or any of this stuff, and I just kind of asked you the question: Does this mean that David Ayer can get a Suicide Squad cut of the like the Ayer cut, we'll call it? And and it's because you know since the movie released four years ago, there was all this. We haven't seen the full Leto Joker. There's so much Joker stuff, and that has kind of been rolling for a while. But because of Snyder not getting his cut, there was no way they were going to give Ayer a cut without Snyder going first. So we kind of just put that in the back of our minds. But now that we're getting the Snyder cut, Ayer has been very, very active on Twitter himself, saying, "Oh, you haven't seen this. You know my my full project. It's." fucking balls to the wall and he's answering questions from fans and boss logic even did a really banging piece of art for it so really yeah, that was awesome will we get an air cut uh, honestly i would say yes at the, like he's he's doing exactly what snyder did and you know he just put it out there put it out there and i'm already seeing released that air cut like it's already on twitter i saw it trending earlier and, you know, it goes to show with him saying, like, he had, what, like, an over an hour of just Leto's Joker, like, knowing that all this room is called the cutting cutting room floor, like, his, what he said was, like, my film, like, it would change so much of, of what we've seen. And, and I'm interested because the, the, the movie made money, like, why wouldn't you, okay, we made some money, let's take a little bit here, or, like, he said his movie's done, so he may not even need money, so it may, maybe touch a few things up and just HBO Max, here you go. Bam. That'll send some people over there. Um, so I was never on the negative side of the Snyder cut in terms of it actually happening. I just thought it would be in 20 years. Um, didn't think it would be this quick. I am on the side of the air cut not happening. I'm probably at this point 70 30 in the no, which is pretty heavy weighing it in is the heavy. no. Um, and there's a couple reasons for that. And we already talked about the one reason for it, and I still stand by it regardless of what the other director says or gives his approval on there is already a suicide squad movie being made. And, and I really think that HBO max would not want to take even 1% of the steam away from that, especially in the current environment where we don't know what the, what the situation will be like with theaters and a video on demand releases and how this, you know, how can films make money and, and all this stuff. So I really don't think they're going to take any shine off of James Gunn um, and his version of the suicide squad. That's number one. Yeah, I mean, I know we talked earlier about the tweet that James Gunn, he answered someone on Twitter saying, like, no, I, I wouldn't mind whatever uh, David Ayer and, I guess, WB decide to do. Like, I'm cool with it. Like, you know, yeah. then, of course, David commented, like, oh, my God, thank you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they, they had a nice exchange. Like, I, I think it's possible. It's just I, I think people can separate it. Like, I think people would go see the film anyway just because they know it's James Gunn. Just from Guardians. Like, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy was nothing. And, and people love it. It made so much money. I think just the hype around that, another Suicide Squad, Harley's in it, you know, uh, I, I think people what, are going to go to see it. What you, have to, to. what you have to remember, though, is the general population. That it makes up such a huge piece of this. And if you have two movies, one named The Suicide Squad and the other one named Suicide Squad – it's going to be very confusing for audiences. And that's, that is a real thing. That's, and also, even if it's a straight to HBO max, people might think, and you'd be surprised because we won't, but people will think it's the same movie. Now that will drive people to the subscription service, but that could be a very big letdown when they find out that it's not. Yeah. But I, I think just the hype knowing that we're going to get more Joker. I I think that's enough hype alone to get people to go see it. Like I I think if his cut, I guarantee it's at least 20 more minutes of Joker guaranteed. And and I want to see it. I want to see what 
with Leto because there was a lot of talk with Leto did, and, and I'm interested because I love the Joker. I like how he's portrayed. I like all his nuances of, of different actors that, that that have done it. Like, well, let me see what he's got. So I'm I'm on record as saying I actually really enjoyed Leto's Joker in the 15 minutes we got of him, and I'd yeah. love to see that, but. It, what you just said leads perfectly into my second point that we haven't talked about yet. And that is this, whether it's major, whether it's minor or whether I'm overthinking it, I still believe it. Maybe not as much as the James Gunn thing, but I don't think this will happen, especially if it revolves around extra Joker stuff. Because remember there was supposed to be a Leto Joker film with him and Harley. It got canceled. It's gone. WB doesn't yeah, but that's not, hold on, that's hold on, hold on. They don't want him as the Joker. After that news, now we have the Todd Phillips Joker film, which we don't know where that franchise is going. They don't, with the serious tone of that movie and the way that that has so much potential to gross, which it did, over a billion dollars, maybe they don't want that two Jokers running at the same time. It's Joker Overload, the serious one, then the gangster, kind of more PG-13 one, especially one after they canceled his film because they flat out didn't want him. There's a reason the studio cut out 45 minutes of him. They just didn't like him. I mean, that's yeah, a possibility. I, 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 guess, I guess there's that. Like Again, but I'm one of the people that I did like, like Joker. I love Joaquin, but I, but I you don't work for so Warner cool. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you, we no, don't work yeah. for Warner Brothers. So our our opinion means jack all. And that's unfortunately the same thing with James. I no, mean, no, but I know, but like that's you know, podcast, we give our opinion. I give my opinion. I, I truly believe that we were if he keeps doing what Zack Snyder does and he gets the cold following, yes. I just so, don't so think I, Justice I, I think they will come with agreement. I don't know if the Suicide Squad carries as much weight to people as the as the Justice League when you have Batman, Superman, right. Wonder Never Wonder. never doubt the Joker, my friend. Uh, the Joker is the pull. You're absolutely right. But if they didn't want him in the first place, I just don't know. And so I'm I'm at seventy thirty. Uh, hey, and I'm in the camp that didn't really they like his Joker, and I'm still in the camp like, all right, I want to see what the guy's got. That doesn't mean I don't. I do too, but it, our opinion of just course. doesn't mean shit. That's all. To, like, to, no, the, it, to the suit. I'm glad that we differ. To, I want to prove you wrong. So so if I'm seventy thirty the know where are you i'm probably like like i'm probably the same but flipped wow holy shit so you're super confident yeah i'm i'm, pr- I'm pretty confident I'm, i might even be like 90 10 like i'm, I'm pretty confident that, that this is going to happen okay like, it's just if the snyder cut happened in what three years oh yeah this is happening so let's take it let's take it here everybody you've heard it i'm more in the camp of no that doesn't mean i can't be swayed but at this time i i don't see that happening uh, Sam, obviously, well in the favor of it happening. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see uh, where yeah, this all shakes out. Let, let us know if you think if, if, who side you're on. Yeah, tweet it. Greg talks a lot at Samuel Matoro. DM us on Instagram, right on our Facebook wall. If people still do that in 2020, we'd love to have you, you know, interact with the show and talk to you about this. And you know, a lot of people were psyched about the uh, the uh, the Henry Cavill news. We got a lot of, of Instagram posts and people commenting yeah. on that saying like second best news of 2020 and all that. So the DC world is alive and well. So maybe they'll capitalize on the DC hype. You, you just you just never know. They'll maybe try to revo- revive it just because they want to compete with Marvel. And Marvel's kind of in a weird phase right now. So And they already have a movie done basically like you said. So maybe that'll put them on the train and, and they just want to make that, that sweet green. HBO Max is out. They need content. So well, they, they gave us some light with Superman with Henry. So <laughs> they, I'm happy. they sure did. Now, now on my list of top three, I don't think any of these three are going to get a, a, a director's cut. But what we're going to do is go over the top three movies we think deserve a director's cut or that we would see like to get a director's cut. And before we give that list, I had texted Sam. I said, whoa, this one's hard. And I was the one who came up with it. And I was like, holy shit, I stumped myself. 
And then within five minutes of us talking about that, and you're like, nah, dude, you can do this. I already got two. I had my list. And I, it actually is, I think, going to be a fun list. So I'm excited to hear your top yeah. three. I think I know one of them. And I think it could be the same as one of mine. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, but let's go with uh, your number three. My number three is Prometheus. Definitely not on my I, list. I did not like it. We saw um, it together. I, I, I thought it was a little boring. I, I thought that they went a different way with it. It could have been better. I know the studio pushed Ridley Scott to do with Director's Con because they get a lot of footage. And they said that they wanted 30 extra minutes. Minutes, And he said the film was perfect as is. I was I like I, I like that franchise. I just didn't like where he went in Prometheus. I saw it was a little stale, a little boring. Which they did a little bit more to that, and I just think if, if they redid that a little bit or maybe added some more a- actual aliens, I would have liked it a lot more. This is the one that now that your three is out there, and it's not the one that I had. I have a little less doubt that we have the same one, but I, <laughs> of I, course. I, I don't think because I don't think the film I'm about to say would be your one or your two. Um, but. I really, truly think, especially that ending, I'd love to see a director's cut of the 2017 Power Rangers. Okay, different cut of the Power Rangers. I, I, I see. Like, I, I like the Power Rangers. Yeah, I, but that, I, 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 agree I, with, solely, I wish they used the, the, the cut B of the Green Ranger and Pink Ranger solely I for that ending. The deleted scene. Yeah, I think I think a director's cut. Maybe the studio had a little bit um, to say of what Goldar looked like because Goldar looked like shit. Let's just call that what it is. Now, the film I thought was pretty enjoyable, but man, I just want to see that ending just to get those cameos, Jason David Frank and and, uh, and uh, Kimberly Joe Johnson. I'm sorry. I always say Kimberly Joe Johnson, uh, Amy Joe Johnson. Yeah, was it like the, the White Dragon? Like um, they just did like a, a GoFundMe and they hit their over $500,000 and they just so they're going to make a movie of like JDF, uh, Johnny Young Bosch. Like it's all like the Bat in the Sun people. Yeah, so I saw that. They're going to make a movie with crowdfunded. They hit their goal. I was like, oh, my, I, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, I think they just like put it out on IG today. Yeah, like well, like it, it's been out there. I think it was sixty days GoFundMe, and, and they raised five hundred thousand dollars. And like it was going to be like a mini series, then an extended series, then they added a comic book series, and then, then they hit their last goal. Bam! Here comes a movie. JDF back as the legendary dragon. Like I, I, I can't wait. Like seeing some old faces and some new. So That's I can't really cool. wait. That's cool. What's your number two? My number two is actually American History X. Really? I thought that film was fucking damn near perfect. It, it was a great film, but after like doing some research, like he he made two different cuts of the film and, and like people were decisive and he thought he had, had a better cut of the film, but the studio basically got another um, editor and re-edited the film and did it what it got. This one would have been, and I quote, a hard, by, by the director, uh, Tony Kai a hard, fast, 95-minute rough diamond of a picture. So he wanted it 95. The studio, they made it two hours. I mean, it's a great film. I love it, but I'm interested in like, what he wanted to do in 95 minutes. He just said Norton was a little bit, he wanted more story, t- you know, more screen time and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, okay, like uh, I want to see what this guy's got. 95 minutes, I- I'm in. Rounders got me introduced to how good Edward Norton is and American History X pounded home that he's a goddamn amazing actor. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I loved it. I, I'm having fun with this number two. It is it is a parody, but also I'm dead fucking serious, especially in hindsight, my friend. Give me <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker, Trevorrow edition, a.k.a. Star Wars Duel of the Fates. Oh, 
Damn, he said, I need a redo of eight. I, uh, no, nine. I couldn't do it. Nine. Oh, nine, nine, nine. Yeah, the Rise of Skywalker Trevorrow edition. We know Colin Trevorrow from Jurassic World uh, was removed from the project. They put, Interesting. Um, they put, what's his face back on? I can't even, J.J. Uh, Abrams back on. Uh, to direct nine, nine obviously was a fucking flop. Don't anybody tell me differently. That movie blows chunks. Uh, what does nine? <laughs> start, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. It's fucking terrible. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to apologize anymore. It's just a shit movie, and I'm tired of I'm tired of debating it. So, uh, but but we know that that Colin Trevorrow's script leaked, and it was yeah. called Duel of the Fates, and there were so many differences, even down to what happens to General Hux. So yeah. lots, I, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see his cut. You're telling me, especially in hindsight, with how much of... Good, how, it's a good poll. With how trashy the Rise of Skywalker was that you just wouldn't want to see what Trevor was, was up to, man, I would love to fucking see that. Yeah, that's a good pick. I ain't Final apologizing to nobody. Yeah, number one, Suicide Squad. Like, I, I really want to see what he's got. Like, obviously, I love these characters. I know the well. And hearing that Katana had a way bigger park, I thought Katana's a badass. So I'm interested to see what else was shown of her and other characters were dabbled. And of course, Joker, I want to see, give Leto a chance with all this hype was around. Like, well, let, let, give us give us the payoff. You, you made almost $750 million in the box office. David Ayer said the film's done. Here, here you go, HBO Max. I think you need something besides one movie. You at least get two. I think this is a no-brainer. Yeah, I stayed away from that. I thought just because we just talked about it, it was a little too obvious. And I think that would be somewhere on my list somewhere. But um, just because we just talked about how cool it would be. My number one, I took a completely different direction on it because I thought this movie was good when I was a kid. And then it just did not it did not age. And now I just put it on the shelf with The Room and Troll 2 and all these shit, terrible movies that I just enjoy watching. Um, and that is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. now that's some good, people, some people might say, well, no, we're not talking about remakes and for it to be remade. Ha ha. This is where I say, I know, I understand the difference between the director's cut and, and, um, a remake, but what this film would need. And there's like this whole crazy backstory to the 1990, I think three, uh, super Mario brothers movie where they pulled in all of these different directors, all of these different writers. The script was written up, down, and fucking sideways. I think they hired seven different script drafts, um, and all of them had different writers. They ended up with the directing duo of Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton, and they directed, I believe, one film before they brought in Super Mario Brothers, and they just completely wrecked and destroyed this movie and took it away from what made Super Mario Brothers Super Mario Brothers. They didn't understand the game. They didn't understand because in 1993, it wasn't the cultural phenomenon. It was actually, but it wasn't to be taken as seriously as this maybe new Mario movie that's coming out. So it'll be a little bit more truer to the source material. And I know we're getting that animated film from Illumination in a couple of years. So thankfully we're on the way, but a live action Super Marbles movie, I would love a director's cut, but here's the catch. Not these fucking directors. They had an original director. I can't remember what he did, but he made a really good film and they pulled him off the project for creative differences and hired these two jamokes. So if they never made that decision to fire the first director, I'd want to see his cut of the movie. So shout out to whoever that was. I can't remember, but I just watched a 30 minute documentary on it. Like, I don't know, a week ago. And it just sparked my memory that I, I want to see this movie done right. Um, I don't want to see it remade now. We're getting the animated one, but I, I wonder what that would have yeah, been. Too late. I wonder what that would have been in 1993 with a different director. That's all. Yeah, I, I would definitely see that. Back to the news, my friend. James Mangold, 
the director of Logan, is set to direct Indiana Jones 5. I just hope Harrison Ford's ready. My man going to be 80 and doing Indiana Jones 5. I, I hope he's got it because I thought, you know, Logan was, was pretty damn good. Indiana Jones 5, you know, it's got it's to be good, right? With I don't know, man. With coronavirus delaying all of these film projects, he's not getting any younger. And it's just like, man... That's just a that's rough. That's really rough. No, it isn't. To I, me, to me, Harrison Ford would meet would be like a great Sully in the Uncharted movies. Like that's what I think he's at now. Like, okay, I, I I can agree with that. He would be great, but he's not Nathan Drake, <laughs> and that's what they're no, trying. No, no. To, that's what they're trying to do here is make him Nathan fucking Drake in Indiana Jones. So I don't know. He's more of a Sully now to me. So I don't know if this one's going to be any good, especially after the last one. Yeah, I agree. Well, at least Mangold's a damn good director. No, I, I think we're fine. And it just, I, I, I think, make this your last one, my friend, and get a younger <laughs> guy to, you know, pass the torch. Come on. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf didn't work out there. Uh, yeah, get, get, your, get your second cousin. The Tom Cruise movie that he's actually filming in space has a director, and that will be Doug Lyman. And, and I actually really like him as a director. I mean, I hope you know he directed Swingers. Everybody knows yeah. that. Come on, you know, Mr. Mrs. Smith, Jumper, Edge of Tomorrow. I hated know, that movie. Board, I hated that board movie. Identity. I liked all of his other movies. I hated. I hated that Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt piece. That, of shit. That's a shame because I love it. He's doing Live Die Repeat. I fucking repeat hate. I can't do to it to be announced. I, I'm looking at it now. I can't wait for it. Can't fucking do it. But I do like all of his other films. Yeah. So you know, Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Cruise in space. I mean, Elon Musk. Do you think Doug goes perfect. up with him? Do you think Doug goes up with him, or does he? Does uh, he, he do he's it? He's a director. Me? He's got it. I don't know, man. They could do that remotely. I think. I don't know if Bluetooth reaches that far, though. Uh, they'll figure it out. I was just joking. Uh, Uncut Gems finally launches on Netflix in North America. It's been out on, on internationally since I think January, uh, and now we're finally able to watch it all we want on Netflix. Yeah, if if, if anyone has Netflix, watch Adam Sandler. Probably one of his best roles. Uncut Uncut Gems finally free on Netflix. Great news. Uh, we actually did a big spoiler cast of Uncut Gems not that long ago. As a matter of fact, it was. Uh, April 24th, episode number 183, so five episodes ago, Uncut Gems and Better Call Saul Season 5, uh, we did nice com- spoiler conversation on. So if you want to hear our thoughts on Uncut Gems, now is not the time. We both love the movie. Um, we talk about it for a long time on yeah, the show. definitely check it out. Just five episodes ago. So just go check that out if you're interested in what we thought. And the last story in movies, Kate Blanchett. She was reported to be kind of rumored to be in the Borderlands film, but now it's official. She will play the siren Lilith in the upcoming Borderlands film. And Sam, I'll take this one uh, as the massive Borderlands fan of the two of us. The siren is um, out of the four classes of, if you will, in the Border Hunter series. There's there's the run and gun. There's the sniper. There's the there's the big bulky kind of uh, melee combat dude. And then there's the siren. The siren is more like magician, witchcraft, stuff like that. You're using magical powers. You can teleport. You can, I mean, Lilith is the most powerful person pretty much in the universe of Borderlands. She controls pretty much all of it. She can make a city fly with her brain. So there's that. Um, And we're going to get Kate Blanchett. She's going to have a major role because Lilith, I think is going to be the center of this story uh, for this universe. A, you don't cast Kate Blanchett not to be, and B, yeah, she's a good actress. She is, and B, Lilith is just such a huge integral part of the Borderlands story. So I'm really pumped to see uh, kind of where this goes because I'd be really interested if it does revolve around uh, Lilith and Sam. Um, 
you you do need to play Borderlands. It is out on Nintendo Switch tomorrow. I hear I hear I hear mixed things. Uh, okay, go go find anybody who hates Borderlands Two, and then we'll talk. Borderlands One, I could see it. It's kind of mundane. Borderlands Two is fucking genius. Now, moving into the television section. You talked a little bit spoiler-free, and we're going to keep it spoiler-free. You talked a little bit last week or the week before about Stargirl, the new show in DC Universe and the CW as well, the day after. Um, And that was enough for me to want to dive in. I was looking for a new show, and and I found it. Um, That was enough for me to dive in. I am now caught up on the first two episodes, and so are you. So let's stick spoiler-free. But overall, did the second episode keep you interested before I give you my take? Yeah, it, it did. It did. You know, you got more to find out of the character, but both sides, a little bit of the villain, a little bit of the hero. And I, I like the tone and I like where they're going. It's Jeff Johns is writing it. So I, I think it's a good hint. Yeah, they, they're bringing back um, a lot of good villains from the DC universe. Um, yeah, from the Justice Society. Like, so like, it's so old school. Like if you know the Justice Society, like well, and, the, and guys, the Injustice and the Injustice Society of America, too. They're doing a lot yeah. of great old villains. And there's a big fight scene to open it up, like you said, and you see all these crazy, you know, uh, heroes and villains that you never heard of. And you were right, dude. Brainwave, our man, doctor. What I don't know those people at all, but it was really cool to see it. I did know yeah. one of them, the, the large guy. I did know him. Um, now we see. Those villains starting to return here in episode two, uh, and there's a big tease at the very end for for who we're going to probably get in three. So without getting into spoilers, I really, really like this show. Yeah, and, and I knew uh, – I thought only Jeff Johns did the pilot, but it was good to see he did the second episode too by writing it. So I was like, okay, you know, he he, he you know made up um, uh, Courtney Whitmore, who is Stargirl, so – I think we're in perfect hands, and I'm I'm all in. I hopefully it gets picked up for season two. Pat is a lovable character. He is totally a lovable character. Dude, it's, it's 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 Luke Wilson, Amy Smart, like they're a cute little couple, and I like both. And, and I think it does a good flow. I yeah. like the villains. I like the characters. I'm in. Yeah, I think this is a good role for Amy Smart. This kind of late in her career, uh, or at this point of her career, I should say she. You know, it's that smaller but like cult following kind of television mom role that's kind of perfect for where she's at. Um, she's, yeah, dude, she's perfect. Yeah, she's been a little dormant over the last few years in big budget AAA films, so it's good to see her back in that kind of uh, really good supporting role. Um, she does play a really good. She does a really good job, and you know, I think every show has its flaws and its little inconsistencies. But for this show, I'm able to look past them really easily. Um, and they're just, it's just a lot of fun. It's that lighthearted DC kind of show. It reminds me more of like a Marvel show, uh, than, than a DC show. Cause DC can get pretty fucking dark between Titans and Swamp Thing. But then you have that lighthearted tone, like, uh, um, Doom Patrol. I just think like, I just think cause it's only DC University W like it just has that lighter tone. Well, I mean the Swamp but Thing's I'll, coming I'll, to CW. So time, Swamp Thing's, know. yeah, Swamp Thing's coming to CW. So I, I'm not, I don't know about that, but. At the same time, yeah, you just play that one at nine, ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah, at least that's not a six o'clock sit down with the kids for dinner type show. I started rewatching that again. You'll be happy to know. Um, so good. Yeah, I have not seen past episode two, so I'm very excited to finally finish that out. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really, really good show. It's it's got its hooks in me because of that lighthearted or like the more lighthearted tone. Um, it's pretty funny, but kind of like cute and cheesy at the same time. You kind of live up with the cheese. I really enjoy that. It's, it kind of is self-aware if you will. Um, so really enjoyable show and I can't recommend it enough. I, I, it, 
it's got a chance. I, you know, you know me. I actually track everything I watch throughout the entire year and write it down as I watch them. And as I look through TV, I mean, boy, it's it's rough between Sex Education and Ozark and Dave and the boys. It's got a lot of competition for that end of the year top three spot. So it depends yeah. on where the rest of the season goes. But it's in the it's in the ball game. It's got a fighting chance. That's good to hear you like it at DC show. So let's clear the air real quick on this whole HBO Max thing because it's been reported before that if you're an HBO subscriber, you get HBO Max for free. And that is not the case. So it is, but it's not. Um, It's very convoluted. So unfortunately, you and I, we won't get HBO Max for free. Now, if you're an HBO Now subscriber, which is also $15 a month. You can upgrade to HBO Max for free. So there's that. And if you're an HBO subscriber on AT&T service, you will get HBO Max for free, which makes sense. Uh, that, yeah, there's a catch. AT&T owns Warner Brothers, so it, it yep. makes it makes yeah. sense. So yeah. so it's not uh, – the report of it being free was not wrong. It was just very – uh, exclusive. So we no, would no, have to no, pay. You're right. Convoluted was right. Yeah. We, we would have to pay our $15, but my plan is to hold off until the, the Snyder cuts either if it's a four hour thing until it's released or if not until it's done. And then I'll yep, start my, here. and I'll start my trial. S- same, same boat. And then I will cancel the living shit out of it. Cause I ain't paying 15 <laughs> fucking dollars. Nope, but that $15 in my pocket, I have HBO. Like I don't need all the shit that HBO has plus some original stuff. And it's not worth it for me. At, at yeah. All. I just, just give me the Snyder cut. I'm good. If not, and I'm sorry to say it, if not, I'm just going to find a friend who has it or I don't have any friends, but I will find somebody who has it and I will ask for those logins. I will do that. I'm not, I'm not above that. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so uh, they also have no, uh, at all, apparently, no current plans to stream any other DC Universe IP outside of Doom Patrol. We know that that's coming on June, I think, 25th, simultaneous to HBO Max and the DC Universe app. So that's kind of a, a kind of a shot in the bunghole because you have CW picking up Swamp Thing. Um, you have C- CW simulcasting Stargirl. So. No, but I, I think that's good, though. Keep keep everything on DC Universe. Like, that's what we pay it for, right? Like, you kind of want to be a little bit exclusive. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I get you. But I I really feel like you're limiting the audience to those shows. I mean, quite frankly, more people are going to subscribe to HBO Max than DC Universe. It's just what it is because HBO yeah, Max offers so much. So so wouldn't wouldn't you as a DC fan, wouldn't you like to have Titans on HBO Max, not even for yourself, but for the other folks out there that haven't been exposed to it yet? What happened? I said get your beat, get DC Universe. It's what is it, seven, eight bucks a month? I can't yeah, I canceled. Six, I canceled six ninety nine, seven ninety nine. Yeah, I canceled mine. Um I made when we bought this house, I canceled almost all my streaming stuff. And I also yeah, so like, I'm still watching the Harley Quinn's new. I'm actually really liking that, like where they're going with that storyline. So it's like I'm still on it for something. I'm just I'm hanging on. They're they're getting my eight bucks. Yeah, the, the shame of it that Disney Plus is is just not doing it right now with the original content. It, I I still yeah, watch they're, it. They're, they're just taking my money. I yeah, I see now. I watch it every day five times a day because of Helena. We put on. Course, she's now in the course. Mulan phase, so we have her oh, watching Mulan four times a day. So you know it. We we can't use Disney plus more than we already do. It's, it's a great service for that. But in terms of new content, I'm so desperate. I'm about to go watch the Mandalorian for the third time. Oh, there you go. 
<laughs> it looks like Kingdom Hearts is going to get a, well, I guess, speaking of D- Disney Plus original content, it looks like Kingdom Hearts is going to get a DC, a DC, a Disney Plus TV series. Some people thought it was going to be a movie, but now we're going to get a TV series on Disney Plus of Kingdom Hearts. Now that shit, though, that's years. That's probably two years that's away. that's animated, right? It'll be CG, yeah. A lot of people are thinking live action, but it'll be CG. Okay. The Disney actors that are that lend their voices to the game will actually reprise their roles, apparently, in the show. So we're going to get a lot of Disney in the show, a lot of Square Enix in the show, but that's two years away. We're talking about Disney Plus needs to put out shit now. They're not putting anything out until the Marvel shows in the fall. That's a far. Yeah, that's a long time it, away. All we all we have is Star Wars and Marvel. Now that that's all we're that's all we're here for. I mean, it's cool for Kingdom Hearts. I know that there's a huge fan base there, and, and I'm sure I'll see this film. I'm, I'm just in no rush, but I do appreciate them keeping the same voice cast. That that's that's very cool. No, I'm fucking in, dude. I'm I'm totally in on a Kingdom Hearts TV series. Oh, right? I I know you were. I I like Kingdom. I don't love Kingdom Hearts. The story is fucking whacked. But yeah. I love it because I play as Donald Duck and Goofy and I go to fucking Toy Story World and I go to Aladdin and I go to Agrabah and all this. I, I liked that kind of whimsical thing. I just wish the story wasn't so ass backwards and, and Square Enix had to go all Square Enix on it. That's all. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's always sunny in Philadelphia has been renewed for a record setting 15th season. And if you ask yourself, that's not a record. The Simpsons are like double that. No, it's a record for comedy in the live action space. That's just amazing that they've been going for 15 seasons. Wow. And it's like still that, funny. Kudos to them. Such a good show. It's still funny to this day. It's still funny. I mean, and they have full control of the show. The studio didn't muscle in. They're right. The show they're directing like that. They had, they, they, they know what they're doing over there. Apparently. And for 15 seasons. Okay. Keep, keep it moving. Danny DeVito. It's keeping that show alive. Now, well, you got McElhenney's good too. I mean, they're Charlie all good. Day, of course, like they're, they're all, all good. good together. They're, they're they're a good ensemble. Plus, I just love when Philly gets attention. Oh, yeah, you get get the love, and it's always fun. No, it, it's awesome, and people actually love it. Like I know Pino loves it. He walk, he binged the shit out of it. So, yeah. and it's like stuff like that, and Dave, where Dave is a, you know, Lil Dicky's a Sixers fan. So it's like it's good. Yeah, to I, see I still got to finish that show. By the way, it's really good. Yeah, can't wait. I'll take it over in gaming. We'll st- I'll start it off. We got a couple reviews, but we'll start off with Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. Yeah, this is the uh, the the expansion pack that was forty fucking dollars. Uh, you could get the whole thing with it for sixty. You get the game and and the expansion for sixty. That's a good deal. But here's the uh, here's the DLC review. Aftermath feels like two. Disparate DLC packs fused, not desperate, disparate DLC packs fused together into one. Basically, two different. They could have just said different. Uh, DLC packs fused together into one. A short but sweet single-player expansion with a scene-stealing Shang Tsung and half of a combat pack worth of characters. Two of those three, Fujin and Shiva, are excellent, distinctive fighters. While uh, Robocop is just okay due to his derivative moveset. Uh, He looks and sounds awesome. Alone and appropriately priced, these two pieces of DLC would be great. Bundled together at a steep forty dollars, though, ugh, aftermath is a harder recommendation. Seven zero, correct. Um, that's, that's about right. I stopped myself from buying it um, a couple weeks ago, and I said I was Go going to. Um, I found out afterwards that even though it was on sale for twenty bucks on Switch, that the bundle would still be sixty to get the DLC, and it the Switch port has some things missing. 
and I just don't play on console enough for me to play a fighting game right now. Um, as much as I would like it, I'm still going through The Last of Us. I'm taking my sweet time with that. So um, just kind of out on this for a long time. Eventually, we're going to get a game of the year edition where you get Aftermath and the game yeah. for fucking $20 on Black Friday. Like, I'm totally waiting until then. I'm in zero rush for this. Yeah, smart move. Next review, we got Maneater. This, however, is something I don't know if I'm necessarily willing to wait on when this comes to switch i think this is think this is coming to my to my hands i'm pretty sure now they delayed the switch port of it it's out now for ps4 xbox one and pc it came out may 22nd the switch is we don't know when it's coming but you are a deadly shark and uh it is 100 you play as a bull shark and have to eat yeah, the yeah, shit yeah. out of people it looks fun i've watched like three hours of gameplay i didn't want to watch any more because the story is only like eight to ten hours long if that so I don't want to like make it pointless for me to buy it. But here's the review. It's absolutely fun to play as mutant jaws on steroids. Maneater chews the metaphorical scenery as often as it has you devouring humans and the diverse aquatic inhabitants of the Gulf of Mexico. And that's some good dumb entertainment for a while. But if you're wondering whether it's shallow combat and simplistic upgrades can sustain excitement through roughly, well, they say 15 hours. It takes to become a hulking mega shark and reach the end of its uninspired satirical revenge story. It cannot. Six five seven zero. Oh. I almost said seven zero. Oh. Damn it. It, it! it looks just like a wild, goofy movie or a, a goofy game. It sure does, and I'm all in for it. You know my love of sharks and everything aquatic. Of course. So I, I, know, I know you're gonna love it. I actually hate the way it looks once you're fully upgraded. I fucking hate it. I fucking fucking hate it. I just wish you were a big-ass shark and not like a street shark. It really looks stupid. So uh, I'm, I'm not all in for like the end of the game, but I really like the villain. Um, without spoilers, there's a the revenge plot is real, um, and he's very, very well acted, and I think he is a, a great villain. So I, I'm looking forward to that aspect of the story, but I'm not looking forward to looking the way I will eventually look because I saw the end, and I'm, I'm not super jacked about that. And the last review we have is the Xenoblade Chronicles. Was it definite edition? Definitive. Definitive. Yeah, that's my bad. There's a typo in the notes, so Sam, that's on me. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is the remake of the Wii game. It is uh, coming to the Nintendo Switch on, I think, May 29th, so the day you're listening to this podcast or after. So it should be out now. Um, The game got rave reviews on the Wii. Shulk is in it. He's in Super Smash Bros. as every fucking xenoblade and uh fire emblem character is but this is the definitive edition it looks really good from the screenshots uh at least the way they they rebuilt it so that's cool yeah xenoblade chronicles definitive edition is the remaster that this respected jrpg deserves even when it feels like it doesn't go far enough sometimes eight years later some of its customization systems and an overly grindy structure certainly haven't aged well but Its story and combat are just as great as ever. The new Future Connected story chapter isn't particularly inspired, but the impressive graphical graphical overhaul and welcome quality of life improvements make this the best version of Xenoblade Chronicles we've ever had. 8-5. Damn it. You know what? Though, we're done the reviews for the night, and for you to be a total of one point off, that's a pretty good win. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. It, Both times, I I went against my... God, but I was just like, you know, I just don't think by the escrow, you missed. Your gut ain't as big as mine, so I get you. Uh, true point. 
<laughs> the PS5 unveiling could be early as next week. I gained the COVID-19 before COVID even happened. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, Jason Schreier from now Bloomberg News, um, which is awesome to see that he joined a new team after leaving Kotaku. Uh, and another reporter, um, I cannot remember his name, I'm sorry. They collaborated a scoop and a story saying that the PS5 launch event is going to happen June 3rd next Wednesday, meaning that if that is true, we will have it in time for next week's podcast. Which is awesome. They, they, I think we deserve to hear and see some PS5. Now they said, well, this report said that there will not be a price. There will not be a date. And that they will do a very, very limited run in 2020. And the, the hardware will be more accessible in 2021, which I would always wait for round two of a console anyway, so it gets gets the kinks out. But that's yeah, or if you get one, definitely make sure you get insurance. Um, so with that, uh, I wouldn't expect too, too much from that, but I would expect to see the controller in your hand as opposed to a photo. I would expect to see what the console looks like. I'd expect to see some games. I won't say all of them. Apparently, they're also waiting until July, right around where Xbox is, to unveil a lot of the first-party launch games. But I suspect we'll see, um, like, maybe a Ratchet and Clank or something like that, like a nice first-party game, maybe two. Hell, maybe they'll drop a big one as a teaser at the end. Who who knows? But you'll see some games. You'll get the new Call of Duty, like, almost for sure, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, but this will be the first look we get at the console. And, and I'm thinking that this June 3rd date is right. Colin Moriarty thought that June 4th was right. So there's two people, three people total that yeah, are really they're, they're right there. saying that they're right. They're 24 hours apart that there's a lot of, um, life to that. And I'm sorry, I said July, I meant to say August. Sony is reportedly planning a state of play for August. I just remembered that not July where they're going to unveil even more. So, um, I am, um, cautiously optimistic PlayStation has really taken their time with this one. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I don't blame them. Hey, take your time, tw- you know, tweak it, make sure everything's right before announcing. Like it's, you know, it's a smart plan. It's a console. It's not a game. It's it's that's a risk. It's a risk because Xbox is already out there and people might have already pre-ordered. It's, it's just yeah, you don't want to have an Xbox One. Well, it's Xbox Series X, but it's it's a risk. So who who knows what what it could look like? And and I think PS Five at the end of the day is is going to be the superior console at least in sales. Um, whether Xbox is more powerful shit, they've been more powerful in the past and it, it doesn't really do them too much good because PlayStation just has it, it, better the games aren't there. Exactly. Yeah. Just has better games. Now, Xbox, they're going to unveil their first party in July. That could totally give a boon. So this PS5 announcement has to come before that, because if you let Xbox show the console and the first party games, you're going to lose a lot of people to pre-orders just because they can say, fuck it. I need something. I'll just get the Xbox. So, Unless Sony's got something up their sleeve. And I just think that they are too smart not to, but sometimes they outsmart themselves. They're like Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM. They always have to be the smartest people in the room. Um, But a lot of times it works out for them. So I'm super excited. We could potentially this time next week be talking about the PS5 and even some games. That is always great news for me as a gaming nerd. So super pumped. I know as a Sony guy, you're super pumped. So uh, I, I hope that this is true, man. I really fucking do. Yeah, because we, we fucking need it. We need this PS5 right now. Yeah. Give us, a, give, give us something. Just give us a little tease. Next up, our favorite. We got the April's NPD. Uh, and as been tradition over the last like three or four months, the NPD has been actually dropping the top 20 games uh, of the month for sales, which is great because that's just more shit to nerd out over. 
Uh, so what we'll do is we'll go over the top 20 selling best-selling games. Uh, the Switch was again for like the 25th straight month or something, the highest selling console of the of the month. We kind of understand that. A, yeah. they're sold out everywhere. B, the other two are right at the last legs of the console lifespan, so you don't expect them to outsell the Switch. But the interesting part about the Switch is their year-to-date sales uh, from January to April are the highest sales in any uh, first four months of any year ever for any console. So they are. Well, just, I mean, you got to think a lot of us have been inside since, you know, they are just crushing it. So it's good to see. Yeah. I actually saw two switches at Walmart the other day. So yes, I was out at Walmart. I wore a mask, um, but you know what? It's, it's crazy to see that the, the switch light is coming back in, in stock now, but I did see two actual switches, one with the neon joy con too, but here we go nice. with the top 20 best selling games for April. Number 20, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Number 19, Need for Speed Heat. Number 18, Persona 5 Royal, the highest rated PS4 game of the year so far. Number 17, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Number 16, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number 15, Predator Hunting Grounds. Number 14, Borderlands 3. Number 13, Mortal Kombat 11. Number 12, FIFA 20. Number 11, Just Dance 2020. A little bit of that was because it was 50% off. Number 10, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 9, Madden NFL 20. Number 8, MLB The Show 20. Number six. That was all the sports. No, no, no. Number 7, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered. Number 6, Resident Evil 3. Number 5, Grand Theft Auto 5. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Number 4, NBA 2K20. Number three, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number two, number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And wow. number one, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ah, uh, that's freaking awesome. It's good to see that the fans are still out there. And you were one of them. That is clearly going to be. And I actually watched, uh, I'm, I'm not going to make it my pick of the week, but they made a, a couple years ago the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which kind of happens after. It was two hours. Fantastic. Obviously, the graphics are better in the PS4 game, but for that movie, I enjoyed it. We're definitely worth the watch. Next up, we had the pleasure of watching PlayStation State of Play for Last of Us 2. And uh, I'll save my thoughts. What did you think? Um, I'm in. They have my money. Um, I'm a little upset. Like, uh, they, they I feel like they told me the story already that Joel doesn't make it. I, I don't know that. I'm just assuming from the state of play, from what they said, a dramatic event happened. No, no, no. You missed that then. That was, um, they flat out said it was the girl. Oh, it was the girl. I, I thought it, it they said, Joel. I think her name's Jordan. They said Jordan and Ellie, something happens between them. A traumatic event happens between them. So I'm guessing Jordan's the one who gets killed. Now, what it looks like is that actually, because it takes place years after the last of us one that Joel and Ellie are maybe not on speaking terms or something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he might not be in or he may only have a little role, but, but, again, but I don't think he was. Twists and turns. Yeah. But I don't think he was the one that suffers that traumatic event. Now I don't think he makes it through the end of the game. That's just my speculation, but I, he definitely will be there at least until I don't know the third act. It might be the thing that like kicks off the third act and really gets the story going. I don't know. But they said that this is going to be Naughty Dog's biggest game ever. That it takes oh, place. It was it was massive. The world. I was like, this yeah. looks beautiful. It takes place across like the entire Midwest. So you go up to to Wyoming and through Washington State and all. So multiple states. This spans across as opposed to a smaller kind of just one city. 
So that's really, um, really and, exciting. And the freaking clickers, and I was like, oh my god, I already have an anxiety. This is the first time we got a look at the infected. A lot of the story beats and trailers have been focused around the humans in this story, so it's nice to see that they're remaining grounded and remaining true to what the first game, you know, that scare factor with the clickers. And it is cool to see the evolution, the one that's got armor of all the pus and shit growing. Oh, and, my God. And the, and the one that they just – just his sound effect. They, te- they didn't even show what he looked like. I was like, I, I really appreciate them just kind of – you'll have to experience that for yourself. Like, I, I, I nice touch by – by Naughty Dog. Yeah, Neil Druckmann came on and, and he gave the full update. He, he was the one who hosted the entire state of play. And to Sam's point, yeah. they they did say they showed they they had you hear the one cry of the, the one clicker, but they said there are more infected types that we haven't shown you yet that you'll just have to wait to play the game to to find out, which was really hype. That was really awesome to to be able to know that the whole fucking game isn't gonna get spoiled before launch because it already did. Uh and I don't I haven't watch yeah, or read or knock anything on wood, i haven't heard anything knock on wood one, I, I know just from watching that i wouldn't have to get better at the bow and arrows one asshole on twitter did put a spoiler um on that just sucks. a random tweet on a reply like that's the volatile part about the internet is i can't even scroll through someone's tweet without somebody just randomly fuck it wasn't even in a fucking playstation twitter post somebody was just being an asshole so that i don't sucks. know if it was real or not so i don't i don't know we'll see if it was real or not but this game, you listen, I pre-ordered on Amazon. It's fully paid. I'm ready to roll. Well, I mean, it'll be paid. When, I, I, when it ships, mine's but. pre-ordered, but I don't have it uh, released. Like, I don't have it, uh, like, a day that I'll have it yet, which I'm a little nervous. Well, you'll get it on launch day, I'm pretty sure. I mean, June 19th is is pretty certain. I hope. I yeah. hope. I, I, I hope so. And guess what? I've waited seven years. If I have to wait till June 21st, it's fine. Yeah, like, to me, like, this is still fresh in my mind. Like, I'm just ready to just jump back into this this f up world. Yeah, you, yeah, you recently, really recently played it and beat it. And, uh, and that's where I'm at, too, is I'm replaying the uh, remaster on PS4. Yeah. So excited to jump back back into that world. We're going to have our, you know, our impressions of it when we're done. And, you know, I'm sure we'll both play it at a different pace. Sam, probably a little faster than me, but also slow at the same time, because I know you, like me, like to really dive into the world and like look in every corner. Yeah. It also depends. Like, you know, if we're still working from home, what's going on with the world, you know, that, you know, got to juggle that also. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, the state of play, unlike the ghost of Tsushima one where that did nothing to get me hyped up. Now, granted, that's a new IP. This is a sequel. This one was done in the same, they they, they, they nailed it. Yeah. It was done in the same vein, but it's about a storyline and characters that I give a shit about. So it was just a little bit more yeah. engaging. Plus, Neil Druckmann is a familiar for, uh, face for me. And to have him be the narrator, that also was appealing because it, I, I knew who he was. It was comforting. <laughs> he, was like, he was like Uncle Neil. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really exactly. neat. The game looks gorgeous. And the, the funniest part I think about this is... We a this is now confirmed. It's Ellie's game. Like you're gonna play as Ellie, yeah, 100%. Pro- probably the entire time. I, I would say Ellie now ninety five percent. Yeah, and and I'm even gonna go as far as to say a hundred. So I will um say that the non Ellie shit, like where they showed her in a hospital bed, that'll all be cutscenes. So um for for me, I think for me for me the most the the one thing that's really important about this is. Even though this is a very late PS4 title and it's really close to the console's end and it is stunning. I almost look at it like 
yeah, but PS5. <laughs> like I almost. No, I mean, I I feel you, but this game is probably pushing the PS4 to the max. Yeah, I'm probably maybe, have to. Maybe we'll, I'm sure we'll get a PS5 release just because of the sales. Like I imagine it's going to be massive. It'll be. I think PS5 is almost a good bet this holiday. I mean, it might give it the holiday to breathe on PS4 because it's got a hundred million install base, but. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that to be true, especially if we're going to have such a limited PS5 number. So I don't know. Maybe that's a spring of, of 2021 type sure. thing. But I might have to put my PS4 in the fucking freezer. It's going to be so overheated because this game's going to push it to the max, like you said. Yeah, just an hour, two hours at a time. Take a break. That's what I do, brother. I'm super psyched. Marvel's Avengers will be getting a series of four cable live streams showing off the game. The first one will be June 24th, showing new gameplay and co-op. Now, again, this is more of a co-op adventure. They've said that. They want this to be a living, breathing online game. Play with your friends. I don't have any. So for me, this is going to be a solo thing. And I hope that me playing solo does not hurt my enjoyment because this game is also pre-ordered and paid. uh, And I'm, I'm ready for it. Now, I at this time, it launches the same day as Tony Hawk. So I am most likely going to cancel my pre-order and then just wait and just pick yeah, it up. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, Tony Hawk's definitely got priority over Avengers. Because here's my thought. If if they come out the same day, there's no way I'm playing it over Tony Hawk. I'm going to play Tony oh, no, Hawk no, no, 100%. pretty much all day for, I don't know, I might even take the week off that that game comes the fuck out. I, I'm that, I I'm that excited. That. I already have yeah. it on my game of the year list, and I haven't played it yet. It's there. For me to have to remove it if it sucks. No, that that's an easy three, just because how much it means to us growing up. Well, it's, it's got to be good. I'm not gonna just put it on the list uh, to keep it there. It's. Uh, it's I'll, I'll see it on your list next year. I, I hope so. Fuck, dude. I want it to be number yeah. one. This dude, uh, the Tony Hawk I, franchise, and I are are BFFs. It's got t- it's, it's tough. You have Last of Us, and I have Final Fantasy, so it's gonna be tough to beat for both of us. Yeah, I got a couple games on that list right now. I mean, for for this though, the the Avengers game, you know. I'm psyched as all hell that they're finally showing us more of this. We haven't seen it in a while since it was delayed. We're going to get uh, Mortal Kombat does this thing called a combat cast where they come on for just like an hour live stream where they show off a new character or they show off a move set or a story chunk. And that's what this is kind of borrowing from this war table. They're calling it. So I'm excited for more gameplay. I just really, 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 really hope they touched up these characters a little bit because they just look so bad. Yeah, I, I, I thought they looked like shit. I wasn't even in on this game, so and I'm still out. So hopefully, you know, hey, I, I wish it will. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, I want games to do good. Sega is set to drop a megaton announcement next week that will, quote, rattle the gaming industry, And end quote. That's pretty hype for me. And now here is the kind of context around it. Uh, Famitsu, which is a Japanese gaming magazine that they drop – all of the Pokemon stuff ahead of time. And um, they drop a lot of, a lot of different things because Japan is just ahead of us, especially when it's a Japanese company or a Japanese made game. They yeah. just obviously get the news. So Famitsu, there was a reporter that said, I was just at Famitsu. Well, not there, but I was just interviewing one of the Famitsu guys. I'm sorry. I was just interviewing one of the Sega guys. It was a Famitsu writer. And he dropped that Sega is, going to be launching a new console, apparently. Wow. Now, they said it's not going to be the Dreamcast 2, which is everybody's hope, but who knows? It could be like a spiritual successor. Now, we don't know if that's true, and that was all speculation, and that's all hearsay, but when they say it's going to rattle the gaming industry to the likes of 
last year when Wired just kind of had the PS5, just here it is. And that kind of shook the gaming world because it was our first sense of like PlayStation's next gen. What else yeah. could it be? What are they going to do? Bring back Sonic? They already do. Sonic, Sonic's in a fucking game every other year. So it's just not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what more you can rattle unless we're in like Matrix. Right. So we're getting, I'd have to assume we're getting. No, a new but console. hey, I, I, I like Sega. I'm, I'm always going to check it out. I'm interested to see what, what it's going to be. Like I, selfishly, I hope they're going to announce that Nintendo bought them. That'd be fucking rad. I, I wouldn't even be surprised. But I, I think it'll be a new console. I don't know if they're going to go for like the next gen thing or maybe a handheld, maybe like a Game Gear thing. Um, that would be okay. But I'm I'm interested because I really think Sonic, and I'm sorry, not Sonic, Sega was, I mean, that was the king of my childhood. I was a Sega kid, yeah. so I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I never called you the Sega kid ever, but Lily Mo Game says they're already working on a sequel to Twin Breaker. Yeah, which is the Colin Moriarty. Uh, Twin Breaker, Sacred Symbols Adventure, loved it. We got to review it on this pod. We got early access to it and all that good stuff. Really, really good game. One of my favorites of the year. So uh, for for Lily Mo to come out, and it's just one guy, Barry. He said, you know, Colin and I are already hard at work at a sequel. That tells me uh, that awesome. that we're getting multiple sequels because there's a lot to tell here. And and Colin wrote the story himself. So uh, and this game, Colin already actually came out and said he sold over ten thousand copies of this game. So. Uh, to no, sell- that, that, that's great to hear. I know you loved it, and Colin's a great guy. You know, with more success. Yeah, and ten thousand copies with at ten bucks a pop. With I think four thousand of those copies being physical, which were forty dollars a pop, uh, or thirty five. I mean, that's a lot of loot that they made off this game. So, uh, no shit. There's yeah, gonna be a sequel. It keeps climbing the charts. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm really really excited. EA Sports extends the Madden license by five years that's it that's the story nothing for me to add except we're not getting an, a competitor yeah. madden staying there no as long as it's going to keep being on everyone's top 10 10 list every month yeah why not keep making them the shittiest part about this news is the fact that with madden owning the nfl license we can't get like that arcade style nfl street type thing that like that NFL blitzy state, we can't get it because Madden owns the NFL license. So that's if yeah, unless that's EA decides to put one of those type of uh, I don't know modes in the game in the future, it'll stay just a sim. It sells like hotcakes and it's on ESP fucking N. Um, but uh, it's, it's just man, I, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I have the same. Into the music section, Jake Fine has released a new single, "The Salt and the Sea," which I told him personally, it's probably my favorite music title he's ever put out. Origami Crane or not, I love that title of the song. The single is out right now on all streaming services. Jake, as you know, has come on this show a couple different times, and he does our outro music. Uh, so anytime he drops a new single, we want to drop the news, and we actually both got to listen to it early. What'd you think? Yeah, and I texted you immediately. I was like, this is fantastic. I, it's hands down one of his best songs he's ever written, and you agreed. Yeah, I DM'd him and told him I thought it was one of his top two songs. Um, I'm really, really in love with it after just two yeah, or three sh- listens. Dude, it's short, sweet, you know, meaningful. Boom, it's, it, it hits the tone. It does, and it, and it hits you in all the feels. Two and a half minutes, it tells a good story in two and a half minutes. It's catchy as all get out, and I can't get over. I love the title of it, um, The Salt and the Sea, and I love... It reminds me of, like the movie The Salt and Sea, but it's like, oh, The Salt and the Sea. And I, okay. and I, love, I love the uh, cover art. I love, love, love it. And I believe... Um, one of the other dudes in Origami Crane took that photo. So 
Uh, oh, very cool. Just, very cool. just loving Jake. He's a great dude. Uh, we consider him a friend. And obviously, when he drops new tunes, we're not going to be biased. But when you make good music, you just make good music. And there's a reason we've had him on twice, and a reason we asked him to do our outro music because yeah, we love his shit. We asked him to finish Trigon. We <laughs> asked him, so we have to find that out. Right. And there, listen, there's a reason we do all that stuff. It's because we really love his music. And when he drops a new single for free for our ears. Uh, we got to talk about it. So yeah, we're going to shout it out. Go check it out on Spotify or wherever you get your audible goodness. Sam, what is your CGC spotlight this week? CGC spotlight this week is Batman 141, the second appearance of Batgirl, first appearance of Clockmaster. I have it in an 80 off white pages. Came out August 1961, Silver Age book. Only 24 books graded higher at CGC. Last 80 sale came in 2017, actually, for 640. There's only 196, 594s, 292s, 790s, and only 11 and 80, and only 134 total blue label graded. To get a second, you know, second appearance of Batgirl, first appearance of Clockmaster, I'll take it. Of course, got that Bill Finger story, Sheldon Moldoff and Charles Paris art, Sheldon Moldoff cover. We got three stories. The first one we got is the, th- the crimes of the clockmaster. Batman and Robin are challenged to a duel of wits by the clockmaster, a new criminal who leaves clues to his crimes by means a clock which shows a 3D display of a new target for a heist every 24 hours. So eventually Batman hopefully catches him. Next up, we got the race of death with Commissioner Gordon's help. Batman and Robin enter a cross-country race as a guise for these real trash <clears throat> to protect the other race from being murdered. The third story, we have Batman's junior partner. Batgirl plays a huge role in taking down the criminal known as the Moth. But when Moth breaks out of jail, he swears his revenge against Batgirl. And you know me, any Bill Finger story that I'm at the creator of Batman, I try to get. I thought this was a nice key to get it in an 8-0. You rarely see it. Batman 141. Sam, thank you so much. And to get that cover uh, of the book, you can just check out our Instagram post at we podcast. And we know things where we put all of uh, Sam CGC spotlight covers with our episode that we just link it. Um, so really super psyched on that great book. Um, and, and our last call to action before we go, as always is please, if you don't mind, leave us a rating and review uh, on iTunes or Apple podcasts or Castbox, wherever you listen to the show, we read them all on the air. And just to be just to be frank, listen, if you can't or don't want to support us on Patreon, that's totally fine. We get it. We understand, especially now with money being a little tight. The yeah. way you can support the show free of charge is to just take a minute of your time, drop a review, drop a rating. I would definitely say review uh, ratings are great, but a review would be even better. We're at 40 now, uh, 39 five stars and one four star. So Thank you to everybody who's dropped that. We can't thank you enough. We really appreciate it. And this was a fun little episode. Yeah, and I was going to say, every every like helps. We, we climb the charts, and they, that's what kind of they notice, and they let, 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 let them see us and let people know that, you know, that you like us. Yeah, so thanks to all the new listeners we've gotten uh, due to the pandemic and some other shout-outs that some other folks have given the show. And we really appreciate everybody who listens to us. And I know that, you know, it's different that Sam and I are over the phone as opposed to in person. And I miss you. I miss having you, you know, a foot and a half Likewise, away from brother. me. So um, I'm excited that we live around the corner and we can see each other just when we take walks and stuff. And, and that Sam ships or prints out all my shipping labels, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I appreciate that. But uh, other than that, man, just 
thank you for today. I had a, a lot of fun on this episode. A little, little short, little hundred and twenty or an hour and twenty minute guy, but uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, short and sweet. So appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we will see you next week for episode one eighty nine. And so it ends. I regret nothing. Hey! Thank you.